Before we start the title music, welcome to the Quantum Mechanics Halloween special. We spent the night in an incredibly spooky location. Yeah, no, it was it was a strange night. I've never been anywhere quite that weird. I think we had a lot of help to uh, make this happen, and you'll experience some new people. You might have heard us talk about them, but they're all sort of friends of the show. We told some ghost stories, and we had a couple of weird things happen on the night, but we also had a couple of weird things that we found when we looked back at the footage after the event. We're not turning into a ghost hunting thing, but it is fun and you will love it. quantum mechanics yes we are the quantum mechanics the paranormal podcast for the believers the doubters and everybody in between james you're in between us yeah yeah Am I, literally i'm between. everybody <laughs> uh, today i'm representing everybody i'm every podcast <laughs> I'm you're every... gonna get as a copyright strike oh, with so that. Yeah, forget that, oh, i don't think he is <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think that's recognizable even to ai <laughs> there's some nervous laughter because we are in a place we have never been to before it's it's the weirdest building i've ever been in mm. it's really strange it is an antique center and a pub yeah that's yeah. not a not a normal combination is it no no normally it's a podiatrist and yeah <laughs> and an alehouse isn't it yes, yeah, yeah that's yeah, how it yeah, goes yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a normal combo well we should probably tell people what it's called right it's yes. the swan at tetsworth yes um, it, we've been told by uh, our medium, Trudy, who's with us today. She's wandering about this. She's with us in spirit. <laughs> yeah. no, she's and literally with us and looking for spirits, um, wandering around this place. Uh, we've got a walkie-talkie, so if we get interrupted, it will be Trudy who hopefully has found a ghost and yeah. will go either running towards her or running in the other direction, whichever with will. Yeah, in a sort of living TV way, we've got Trudy, we've got Nicola... And a uh, regular friend of the show, Tim, they're wandering around with various recording devices and the sort of, yeah, the, the, the alarms will go off if they capture anything. Hopefully they won't get possessed like Derek Okora. Oh God, yeah, no, hopefully. Yeah. Well, we're here, with lies. We're here no. partly because Trudy said this was one of the most haunted places she'd ever visited. And we thought, well, that's good enough reason to go here. And then when we arrived, we were greeted in the car park um, by the daughter of the guy who owns this place. And she literally gave us the keys and said, it's after dark, you're on your own. I don't go in there after dark because it's too scary. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the lovely person directing all of the video stuff here just heard a creak and saw a light turn on and off in the room next door to us. Yeah, so it starts... It starts, but just because we're for the believers and the doubters and everyone in between, we haven't investigated as whether they're automatic lights. We don't know that yet. We will have mm. to come back on that. Well, should we have a little bit of a history of this place? Yeah. I've been doing oh, yeah. a little bit of research. So this amazing venue is a restaurant, as Ben said, a bar and an antique centre. What a dream combination. Yeah, it's think. a triple threat. You get drunk, then you go and bid for some antiques, get home and go, what the hell have I bought? It's a proper auction house as well. Proper it's not, auction house, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Well, it's got an incredible history. It be- was founded by monks, the Monks of Tame in the 1400s. Really? Yeah, I've not seen monks around Tame recently, so... No, no, although there is the the place where the Bee Gees live, that used to be a uh, friary, I believe. It's called Priest End, and yeah. I believe that it was a friary. Yeah. Do, do you know this? I think it was a I friary. I don't know. I just imagine it the was... The Bee Gees weren't monks. They were dissolved no, um, no. in the... Um, Sorry. So the, the team were getting freaked out because they heard some footsteps behind us, I'm guessing. Was that footsteps? They're just looking scared and pointing behind yeah. us, which yeah. is you, not I only t- unprofessional, yeah. I think quite you quite terrifying. The, the seasoned paranormal pros in the room, can't you? Yeah. Not phased by anything. The ones with the backs to an open it was, door. It was an actual monk. <laughs> Shall I carry on with my story? Then? Um I wanted to do my dissolving monks joke, but I'll probably say. Oh it for no, 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 no! If you've got a dissolving monks joke, that was as now far is as the I got. It's basically, it was when Henry, King Henry, dissolved the monasteries, and that puts. I think that makes it sound a lot. Sugarcoats what was probably quite <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a brutal series of massacres and building smashing downs, but they were just dissolved. Like an Alka Seltzer yeah, on yes. New Year's Day. Plink, plink, fizz. No more monks. <laughs> oh, that's not. Oh, one. that's not. That's not a ghost. That's Tim. <laughs> well, uh, let me tell you about this place. In 1482, the innkeeper he was indicted for selling victuals at excessive prices. Oh, would that that was still a rule. Not necessarily here, just in the world. Yeah, well, yeah, basically, I guess he was convicted of selling food at an extortionate price. Mm. He basically invented, in 1482, the first gastropub. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1580, it's rumoured that Queen Elizabeth I stayed here. Oh, yeah. Uh, during the 1600s, it was a hotbed of activity of highwaymen. So uh, many people were murdered on the streets just outside here. Yeah, for their for their stuff. King Charles I and Queen Henrietta Maria were stationed in Tetsworth, and they would come here quite regularly and had a lovely glass of Cronenberg. They'd come here for a glass of ale. And in this very room that we are in right now, Queen Victoria would often come and visit and definitely came in 1832 and she would come here on her way back from Oxford. Yeah, there's a sign, there's a signed photo of her over there. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely. It's got a little plaque underneath saying, this room... This is where I stayed. Yeah, and it's a, a photo taken by the, I think, uh, a noted Spanish photographer. Oh, nice, nice. Mm. I found this thing in the 1950s and I tried to do a bit of research, even speaking to the current owner, but I didn't get very far. The Swan was bought by William Wicked Willie Palmer. Oh. I tried to find out why he was called Wicked Willie. I don't know if it was a kind of compliment or an insult, but... Uh, Yeah, the 50s. I don't know if Wicked was a slang for a good thing back then. Yeah, yeah. But uh, apparently some of the locals loved him and some of them hated him. Uh, this place closed in 1988. Uh, it was basically, it's a lovely building and we'll we'll take you on a bit of a tour around it, but this place was all boarded up mm. and was in rack and ruin um, until 1995 when it opened as an antique centre, restaurant and bar. Mm. So given the building's history, I think we could be in for some paranormal activity. What have we got? We've got the monks. Yeah, dissolved monks or maybe reconstituted monks. Dissolving monks. We've just had water. Mm. We've got a couple of queens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the two big, the two big hitters, really. Yeah, Lizzie they're, they're one the big ones. Yeah. and Vicky. Yeah, Lizzie yeah. and Vicky. Um, high women. 
the highwayman. It's, it's a haunted trope, isn't yeah. it? Um, and we're surrounded by antiques, which also could be incredible. And the girl easy. in the window. Yes. What girl in the window? You keep saying the girl in the window. Well, right? this was a story we were told in the car park. Right. By the woman who said she wouldn't come in here after dark. Yeah. So my name's Jaya. Um, my dad owns this building. Um, we've been here since 2013. It's, when you go upstairs, you can feel there's, a, there's an energy, definitely, especially in the Victoria wing, um, outside room 23 and definitely room 30. Um, room 30, there's a little girl that holds a candle at the window at three o'clock in the morning every, every night. I haven't seen her and that's just because <laughs> I'm not brave enough. <laughs> I'm not brave enough to look at 3 a.m. But but she is well known to people in the village and we've been told if you go out at 3 a.m. look out that, that window, you'll see her. Um, to be honest, when you go in that room, you can feel the energy. Um, I have to do the lights in the building. Yeah. So I do often, I do feel an energy in there, definitely, yeah. So in the winter, it go, it gets dark at, f at 4, 4 p.m. Um, and I don't like doing the lights just because it is freaky up there. You can feel a really strong energy. It almost feels like someone's following you down the stairs. Um, hence why I don't like doing it. I always send someone else to do the lights just because of that. Yeah. Like I said, with a little, little girl with a candle in room 30, that's only from, from the hearsay in the village. And that's people that have lived here all their life that have told me that. Um, without anyone telling me anything, the minute you go up those two flights of stairs, as soon as you're upstairs, there's energies everywhere. Um, not just in one room, everywhere. Um, so for me, and I'm very open to spirit, so um, that's why I won't be staying for the podcast because <laughs> I think they were probably attached to me. And it is my home. It is where I work every day. Um, but there is definitely, definitely multiple spirits upstairs. This building is 16th century, um, so you know it, there's so many stories. But I don't, you just you don't know, do you? You know, but um, I couldn't tell you where they come from. Uh, but they are there. Your husband has been good enough to um, join us and show us around. It seems like he doesn't believe as much as you do. He believes, but he's not frightened by them. I am frightened by them. Um, even if it's this friendly spirit, I'm frightened by them. I've woken up because the alarm people ring my phone. Uh, when, when you know, because the spider can set the sensor off, right. but he'll have to come in and actually physically go in the building and check all the rooms. He he will do that. I mean, he 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 knows there's an energy there, but it's it, he's not scared of it. So yeah, that's why. If you're scared of it, it's different. But if you're not, it's yeah. okay. So she said that she said every night, but I I, I find that hard to believe. But apparently. It's not this room, it's the room that is the opposite side of this room. Mm. If you look in here at 3am, you can see a ghostly girl, apparently, carrying a candle. Jeez, Louise, for how long? Yeah, I didn't get that much detail. I, it was at that point I thought I might get back in the car, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, my car's also in that dark car park. I'm not looking forward to going back to it now. Well... We have uh, Trudy, Tim and Nikki who are patrolling the place as we speak, looking out for haunted action. Um, we're going to tell some spooky tales and mm -hmm. uh, if anything happens, anything happens. But I think we're going to have a good night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and we should point out that not all of the haunting is associated with the building. It's because of the things in it. I mean, this is one room 
there are tens of other rooms. There's a unicorn, there's a stuffed lion. Yep. Yep, stuffed unicorn, stuffed lion. Yep. There's a pharaoh's head. Yep. A real pharaoh's head. Yeah, really? I, I thought I thought that was a really? joke when I arrived. The guy said, do you want to see the, the pharaoh's head? Is it an actual pharaoh's it's head? A, uh, it's a head. It's an actual human head. Well, mm. I don't know if you notice, though, Ben, not only is there a head in that box, but there's also a foot. What? Yeah. I didn't notice the foot. Yeah, there is a foot. Yeah, I, t- I imagine the head draws the eye. <laughs> 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 yeah, definitely. Yeah, wow. but I noticed the foot was just underneath. Is that a pharaoh's foot? It's a pharaoh's Is foot. Is it a faux pharaoh's foot? <laughs> Sorry, I should have done my warm-up before we started. It's a, it's a faux pharaoh's foot. It's a faux pharaoh's foot. Yeah. And, and I believe the reason we know this is haunted is because Trudy took a man home in a cabinet. I mean, what? a ghost man. Yeah, yeah. So she I, think, I think you need to explain that. So I think what we're going to do is a bit later, we're going to get Trudy in here and she's yeah. going to explain herself. Yeah, she needs. She <laughs> took a man home. She took, she took, she took, a, she took a ghostly oh. man home in a cabinet. Oh, a ghostly man. Yeah, a ghostly man. Yeah. Wasn't, right. he, wasn't on the receipt when she bought the thing. But right, okay. Go. She wasn't going for a man and it came with a ghostly no, cabinet. No, no. no. <laughs> uh, talking to Trudy, should we, actually, should we go and check in, see what's, uh, see what's happening mm. around the building on the ghost hunt? Yes. Let's do that. That. Okay. Right, 1901. So we've just tried to chat to this spirit. She's gone now. She's we've she's bored her. She probably disappeared. Probably left us. Right. Because the pendulum stopped moving and she was oh, you've left us, have oh, you? Yeah. But like, she ah. gave it we tried to work out some dates, so we used the pendulum to get some dates. And she put on she'd walk from Oxford to here with her husband. But she wasn't made to walk. But she wasn't made to walk, but she did walk because she had swollen feet and we think yeah because the balls of my feet were hurting like you know like when you stood on a heated floor Mm. and you can feel like the that's like that my feet are getting really hot so i might not Ah, okay then so we think that she must have walked we think yeah and then we tried to work out a, a date of birth was the 20th of august 1901 we reckon. We did it with a pendulum. So she wasn't... We don't think she was born in the UK. And I... Her name began J-A-H. In here, we've done a search. 1901 was a social revolutionary party founded in Russia. And Queen Victoria died. And Queen Victoria and died. presidents were shot in the US of A. But we just... There's history. We're just trying to find something that... It's something to do Nothing with... happened in Oxford, basically. No, but she. I think she's come from Europe. Yeah, but she got quite snotty when you said that, if you think about it. Yeah, she did get snotty. She just stopped. It went perfectly still. Like, you know you can't keep something still if you're holding it like that. that was just, and it just it went... It just went like that. And it hasn't done that all night because it's been... It's, it's just been... And she just disappeared on us. It's like, oh, bye, you've gone. I wonder if she's gone to the other room to see other people. Maybe. So you, James, often come along on the show and bring us stories we have never heard of before. Yes. And they're normally from a dusty tome. And I believe you have another dusty tome-derived tale. Absolutely. Um, this is from... Ghosts of Cornwall. 
by Peter Underwood. Yes, Peter Underwood. Now, he's a famous ghost hunter. He is. He is the president, or was the president of the Ghost Club Society. He, he passed away in 2015, I think. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, he was like a, he's a, a big ghost hunter guy. Um, and he kind of invented the ghosts of, insert place name here, genre <laughs> of, of pamphlet slash I see. mini book. Mini book. Well, we're talking 84 pages. Oh, well, this were well, 96 with ads. Oh, it was close. With ads. And disclaimers, yeah. That is a lot shorter than the books we normally do. Ben normally picks one that's got about 800 pages, don't you, and try and summarise it. Well, the, the madder the theory, the longer the book. So if you want to write a book about how aliens are hiding in the rings of Saturn, you've got to do a good 500 pages. Right. You've really got to get <laughs> you've really got to go for it. how, yeah. why, yes. where, how to spot them. Yes. And what they do. Yeah, like the days recipes. Are. Whereas yeah. the Ghost of Cornwall you can cover in 94 pages. Well, that's the thing. He's very efficient. I, as you'll notice, there's one, there's one, yeah, there's one glaring omission. There's like one little sort of sidetrack of the story that he absolutely does not go into. But I mean, I think I'm selling the story a little bit too short. This is the Spanish chest of Morwenstowe. Oh, that yeah. sounds really good. Yeah. So hang on, Morwenstow is a place, not a person. Morwenstow is a place. So in, it's, it's not in a Cornwall? lady with a Spanish chest. In Cornwall, <laughs> yes. <laughs> How did you know? Oh, yeah. And this does involve, well, not necessarily a specific ghost, but definitely a vibe, a um, real bad vibe. And it, it's a haunted antique, right? It is antique, yeah. The, um, the chest is men who have come over with the Armada. Ah, and as the Armada didn't make it, I don't really understand how it got here. Maybe it sort of floated. Yeah, floated off a sunken ship, and yeah. Mm. So we begin. It's the past. Got it. Two sisters went to stay with some friends, and they arrived very late, and they didn't unpack their trunks. We're in the age of trunks. Right. As in, as in chests, right. not swimming, not, as, not neither swim swimming nor okay. elephant. Right. <laughs> um, and so they just pop their trunks down on this long, low chest, a chest decorated with dismembered heads Ooh. and headless bodies. Not real ones. No, just so yeah, engravings. Engra- oh, okay, good, right. good engravings. point. Good, very good point. Actually, thanks for that. That's, <laughs> just... a, that's the sort of scientific rigor we need <laughs> for these investigations. You know, professional. Mm. <laughs> this was the Spanish chest, and the girls went to sleep. And when they awoke, the chest was opening. The lid of the chest was opening, even though there was no one doing it, yeah. and their two trunks, unpacked, were on top of it. And they looked inside that chest, and what they saw terrified them so much, they were struck deaf. Deaf? Yeah. Deaf? Yeah, it's incongruous, you'd think blind. <laughs> okay. But they were struck deaf. Well, it's good, yeah, so they, they, they could explain what they saw. No, they never explained for the rest of their lives. They never revealed what horrors... Made them well, go within deaf. the Spanish chest. It's like it's like Pulp Fiction. <laughs> it is like Pulp Fiction, except it's two 
women from the Victorian yeah, age who at no point shoot, anyone, shoot anyone but don't Probably worry swear. don't worry gun fans um, <laughs> there are guns in this story look this is this is a regular thing every time we do a Victorian ghost story mm. and somebody claims to see something and then they they're so like overcome they with whatever they talk about mm. it. Well, either, and then they die they just die there was that story they just simply die they're, what these pesky people from the past yeah well, there was that guy, I keep talking about it, the one that had his, his clothing uh, stuck on the fork in the mausoleum. And, and, and he, so basically his friends played a joke on him because he took a fork into a mausoleum claiming he was going to spend, spend the night there. And he got his clothing stuck on it and he thought it was a hand reaching out for him. Uh, yeah. And it terrified him so much, he died. He simply died. He simply died. In a Wait, do, how do we know who was the witness? Well. I don't want to come over all were they real heads stuck on a chest. No. I think it was the other gentleman in the club that bet him. Uh, okay. It was, a, it was a club bet. Okay, fair enough. Can we go back to the Cornwall? Yes. So, that chest... Right, so, the, the, the women never revealed what was in the chest. They were deaf from that day forth. Right. And they communicated with it to each other and other people uh, by the means of a handwritten note. Right. And it's sort of like a very old version of WhatsApp, if you can imagine <laughs> such a mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They would only communicate because that was the only way they could. Uh, this chest ended up uh, in a shop near Stanbury Manor, because that's where it ultimately ends up. But it's in a shop in, near Stanbury Manor. Yeah. And... Wherever it's put, paintings fall off the walls in its immediate vicinity. And then a Mr. and Mrs. Lee of St- Stanbury Manor... Of Stanbury Manor. ...decide to buy the chest. Sounds like a football club. <laughs> they decide to buy the chest. Knowing its reputation, that things around it fall off, where do you think Mr. Lee decided to put the chest? In his gallery. No. Oh. <laughs> what? It's worse than that, sir. Uh, in his... Armory. <laughs> <laughs> That's the place where you put your clumsy chest, right? Yeah, yeah. They get this chest, they stick it in their armory. Oh, yes. Right, but we're talking guns here. Yeah, we? well, the very next morning, six guns had fallen off the wall. <laughs> right. That's, Loaded? Uh, the, I don't know. They were, they were like, the wires hadn't snapped or anything. The hooks were all fine. They right. were simply, they were on the wall when they went to bed and put the haunted chest in there. When they came down the next day, the guns were on the ground. So they moved it into their bedroom. <laughs> well done. <laughs> of course, the next safest place. So you're going to sleep with this thing? So, so to speak, yes. Yeah. Um, he means sleep in the vicinity of, just for <laughs> okay, the scientific okay. rigour. Sure, sure. I'm making notes. <laughs> you're drawing a picture. No, do blonde tundras. Okay, That is a it. very rude picture. Um, and as he was hanging... This is, I mean, this shows the different life that these people led. As he was hanging the curtains on his four-poster bed, um, a picture fell down and struck him, and he was fully 18 inches from the wall, and apparently the picture just touched him ever so gently and left no mark. Hmm. And the next day, three more pictures fell off walls in the room that the chest was. Yeah. A, A slight aside before you get... Again, one of the other stories I had about this place when I was in the car park... Is the woman said to me, as soon as you booked this place and said you were coming here to do the podcast, mm-hmm. since then, she said pictures have been falling off the wall. Really? Yeah. Hey, this is six guns, 
eight pictures, two women deafened. Yeah. This chest is taking its toll. It's it's cutting a swathe through the residence of Mormonstow. But it doesn't have a real sense of humour because if it was in the bedroom, surely it would be much funnier if like underwear, pyjamas and stuff... That would have been better. Or if they fell down. Yeah, if they fell down, got out of bed. It would be like, Whoops. carry on, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and it, it made the press. It was, um, it, it was, the local press dubbed it the case of the poltergeist chest. And, yeah. <laughs> they didn't have the copyright as they do today, did they? No, not at all. <laughs> I, but that was those things in the past you could just write, you could give anything a name, even if it was the most obvious name, because nothing, things didn't have names. No, no, it was all new. In it. Yeah. It was all new, yeah. Yeah. And then they posed for a picture in a classic sort of local newspaper style. Oh, it's, it's that, oh my God, that is amazing. That picture is amazing. That's Mr and Mrs Lee, begunned. I, I love the fact that there is all the elements that they've experienced. They're standing on the chest, apparently not to get deafened. They've both got guns. It looks like they're about to shoot each other, though, doesn't it? Yeah, she's definitely pointing the gun at him because I maybe she blames him for the pictures incidents. Yeah. He has got one heck of a pose going on there, though. Yeah, he sort of looks... If you look very closely, he looks like he's trying to stifle a giggle, to my mind. Well, I, I think it's because he realises quite how phallic that picture looks i'm just i'm intrigued by the photographer who's gone i tell you what this is the pose that i'd like to show off it's your classic local news though what yeah your local news photographer isn't it right you've got gut right so you've got a chest it caused problems with guns get your guns get on the chest no, it, but you see, that's when they were good. What you'd have today is they'd have the chest and then they'd just have them pointing at it like that with a sad face. Oh, and then, like, within, they'd superimposed a picture of a gun. Yeah, yeah, they, on, they would have, like, like a not, red not actual gun or something. Yes, yes, yes Yeah, yes. that is how it would go nowadays, that's true. Um, but at least the headline would be better. And what did, what did do we know what they did with the chest? Did they keep it? Did they? That is, that is that the is last the story. we know of the chest. Um, yeah, it's a believed to be still at large they're um, causing say, things to drop off walls I'd say things dropping off walls is certainly better than being deaf for the rest of being your life deafened, being deafened by, by, a, by a horrific image I, I, I'd love to know the history of that thing of because it goes I don't know what I'm going to I'm going to carve all these kind of hideous things on this well chip. it might have been two different people might have been just yeah. like a miscommunication one person was like well you you do the heads you do the bodies and then <laughs> yeah. you look at it like I meant, like, to have them connected. <laughs> Otherwise, this is just a macabre bit of, well, box. I, lo- I love the fact that picture is probably the best thing about that story, though. Absolutely. Mr and Mrs Lee with the haunted Spanish chest. I wonder if Trudy's come across a haunted Spanish chest as she's been wandering around. Well, a haunted chest from any European yeah. country, really. Yeah. yeah, we're not fussy. No. Shall uh, we check in with them? Unless she's been, well, walkie-talkie but she may have been bedeafened. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you remember earlier, Jaya, who works uh, at the Swan, told us about the reputation of room 30. Room 30, there's a little girl that holds a candle at the window at three o'clock in the morning every every night. I haven't seen her, and that's just because not I'm not brave enough. I'm not brave enough to look at 3am, but, but she is well known to people in the village. 
So Trudy, Tim and Nicola were in room 30 trying to communicate with this ghostly presence. Hi, my name's Tim. If there's anyone here that would like to chat to me, you can speak near me in front and this device will pick you up. Are there any spirits in here? Are you a girl? Would you like to talk to us? I'm sure. Would you like to play with the teddy? Would you like to go and pick the teddy up? You play with the teddy bear? So the guys left room 30 because nothing seemed to be happening. They went to a completely different part of the building, leaving the room empty. Um, If you notice, they were asking this entity lots of questions. Do you want to play with the teddy? Tim saying, do you want to leave us a message on the recorder? We didn't think anything of it until we checked through the footage from the infrared camera in the room after they'd left and we came across this weird audio of something that wasn't us saying the words, no. If there's anyone here that would like to chat to me, you can speak near me in front and this device will pick you up. Would you like to play with the teddy? Well, because we are at an antique centre and a bar, and it is supposed to be incredibly haunted, that made me think about my favourite haunted antique story. Okay. About an item from a bar. Right. Yeah. It's a story about an antique chair from a pub bar that is so haunted, it now hangs on a wall in a museum so no one can accidentally sit on it and come to a sticky end. What? Yes. Is this by its sticky end? There it is, hung on the wall. I'm going to employ some Ben (laughs) Rigger here. (laughs) By sticky end, you mean die? You don't mean, yeah, you don't mean there's something, someone's left a toffee. There is a clue in the name of this chair. Okay. It's got two names. The first one's not the so death much chair. of a clue. Yeah. <laughs> it is actually called the chair of death. The chair oh, no of death. Oh, okay. I was just joking. I mean, okay. clue is a very broad, yes, broad well, it, sense it, of the it, word. It's there. more known as Busby Stoop chair. Busby Stoop. But it's known Didn't as the chair of death. play for Aston Villa <laughs> in the 40s? <laughs> the Busby Babes. He went to advertise phones in the 80s. Yeah. According to reports, this chair has been responsible for over 60 deaths. Really? Yep. The chair itself is made from oak and is believed to have been crafted in the 17th century. Mm -hmm. There is some debate about that. I did read quite a lot of information about how the spindles seem to have been machine-turned. Oh. And not using a pole lathe technique. I mean... We're in an antique centre. I thought I needed to give you some antique facts. I didn't want to ask, to be honest. Well, I think that rules it out. If it's not using the pole lathe technique... There is a lot of debate about that. But it's not, as this isn't the antique roadshow, let's be honest. Yes. 
Oh, I've completely dealt with rock <laughs> yeah, and roll no, stick. You you're on the wrong podcast, oh, don't right. you? <laughs> uh, it's not about what the chair okay. is made of. It's about the curse right. that oh. it holds. A curse that's responsible for numerous deaths throughout the centuries. Right. So it's not. So this curse has killed other people beyond the stool. Yeah, oh yeah, that, there oh. Are, I've got a lot of death coming oh, up. okay. What? Do you want to know the backstory about how this chair got cursed? Yes. There's quite a lot of detail about that. Got to start with a man called Thomas Busby. Tommy B. Tommy B, who lived in North Yorkshire in the 1600s. Mm-hmm. He has a reputation, or had a reputation, of being a drunk, a thief, and was also sometimes referred to as a thug. Oh, that was just with his friends. That was that wasn't anybody else. Right. Not you know, he was a ruffian. Right, yeah. He was a sort. He was a sort. He married a woman called Elizabeth, mm-hmm. who was the daughter of another petty criminal called Daniel Awerty. Right. Now, alongside his criminal activities, Busby owned a pub. Okay. An inn at Sandhatton. And one evening Busby and Awerty got into a bit of a row. The father-in-law. The father-in-law mm-hmm. and son-in-law. Well, they were drinking in Busby's pub. They got into a row. Um, and to annoy Busby, Awerty sat in Busby's favourite chair and refused to move. Really? So, yeah, his father-in-law's in the chair, refuses to move. They had a big row, big fight. Mm. Busby kicks him out of the pub. Later... What was... The, so they had a row because he sat in his chair? I think it's... I, I don't think that was the main cause. I think I think the chair was the straw that broke the camel's back. It sounds like it wasn't just uh, the crime that was petty. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's a good one. Right? Yes, right. I'm loving that. I'm That's loving why that. you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Not very often. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, later that night, Busby was still reeling from this argument. Right. Um, so he decides to get a hammer, go round to his father-in-law's house. No. Bludgeon him to death. What? Yeah. Wow, that that is extreme. That is extreme. That is a hell of a row with your father-in-law, isn't it? Yeah, wow. It is annoying when someone nicks your seat, but boy. (laughs) You're not going to bludgeon them to death. No. Well, Busby tried to hide the body in the local woods. Right. But... Uh, the, the, but then it was daytime. Yeah. Right. The, the blood-stained corpse was very quickly found. Right. It's and, quite heavy as well. Yeah. And Busby was charged with the murder. He was convicted and sentenced to death by hanging. Mm. Yeah, different times. Mm. Now, in some version of this story, I like, somewhat ironically, the trial apparently took place in his own pub. Oh. Because you didn't really have courthouses back then. Apparently no. pubs were quite often used for, for trials. Yeah, Azai- yeah. Azizes. Azizes? Yeah. I've been to the Scurried Inn. They've got um, a replica hanging right. noose as well down the stairs. Well, yes. well, well sit- where, where? The, the what? The Scurried Inn. It's a haunted pub uh, in, in Wales. Yeah. And, and, and they had a circuit judge who came round and... That's right, we did that in the Azizes. top ten haunted... Pubs and Britain, yeah, 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 yeah. I spent the night there, and I didn't, I didn't say anything. But, mm. but yeah, it is a spooky place. Well, uh, in similar to that, so yes, not not only was he the trial happened in the pub. I think a bit like that in mm. the uh, he was hanged 
uh, from a tree just outside the pub as well, his own pub, almost in sight of the chair that was responsible for his downfall. Was he gibbeted there? He was. He was gibbeted there. (laughs) But just before his death, he put a curse on his favourite stoop chair. Yeah. Shouting that anyone who would sit in the chair would die. I, to be fair, that's not necessarily a curse. That is, that is facts, <laughs> isn't it? You could say that about any, almost anything. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yes, existentially, yes. Yeah. Yes, I see. From a philosophical point of view, do you think not, he wasn't a curse at all? He yeah, was just being philosophical. He was just being really pedantic. <laughs> unless, unless they turned into a pub for lobsters, because lobsters are immortal if you don't eat them. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? Lobsters are immortal. Is it? It's, it's just a fact. Since when? Not last week. I mean, for, since forever. I'm guessing. Since, for, since forever. But they they don't live forever because they get diseases and um, things eat them. Not, oh, not so if those. they didn't die, they'd be immortal. No, no. If if they, if they if they were disease free, they'd be immortal. Yeah. All right. If, That's like. No, no, no. But they, if they hadn't got hit by a bus that time, that lobster. lobsters have the ability to live forever. If they don't get ill or get killed, it, no, no. But if they if they didn't get a virus, it's not like they get cancer and die. They just that if, if no lobster has died of old age. That's right. Right, it's not a factor. Isn't it's not a factor. But but misadventure has definitely happened. All I'm saying is, if you put seafood on Busby's stoop, well, that's that. I mean, <laughs> this is the. Next. I, I need to bring this Next story test. back. Sorry. <laughs> From a philosophical point of view, right. if someone is hanged in a forest and nobody is there. Mm. If, someone be- if someone hides the bloodied corpse of their father-in-law in the forest... Do they get... Yeah, they're gonna get, it's going to get found by a dog walker. I, I've made that worse. Let's get back to the story. Right, yes. So I, I, get, I get what you mean. He's cursing the chair. He's cursing not, the chair. Now, that, now there are two versions of where he cursed the chair. Mm. One was just before he was hanged, Mm. like immediately before. The second version I prefer because it's interesting. Before he was hanged, he asked for a last wish. Oh. To have one more pint in his pub sitting in his favourite chair. Right. So he does that, has his drink, stands up, curses the chair. Anyone who sits in it from now on will die a terrible Death. That's better. Yeah, that's better. It sounds like the other one was. It's cut less short ambiguous. <laughs> less ambiguous. Now, at least a couple of decades went by, mm. and this curse seemed a bit kind of hollow. Nothing really happened until people were sitting in it. People were sitting in it. Mm. There wasn't a lot happening until a chimney sweep mm. used the chair to kind of step up to get inside the chimney. Yeah. When he got to the top and was on the roof, he slipped fell to his death. Now, one of the earliest recorded deaths connected to the chair involved two friends who were drunk at the pub. They dared each other to sit in the chair, mm-hmm. as you would. Mm. Go on, you go, you go. On leaving the pub, one of the men was so drunk he fell asleep in the road. Oh, dear. We've all been there. Well, oh, dear. The next morning, his dead body was found hanging from a tree. Hanging from hanging. a tree? Hanging. Close to where Busby had been hanged. But hang on, but he fell asleep, so he didn't get run over. He was last seen asleep in the road. And then he hung. The next morning he was found hanging from a tree. Near where Busby was hanged. Now, 
you can imagine this really got the curse going. Yeah. You had all the elements there, yeah. right? Now, there is an interesting thing for the sceptics, though, out there, mm-hmm. because it's said that the dead man's friend, many years later on his deathbed, confessed that it was him who had murdered his friend to steal his money and that he'd used Busby's curse to deflect oh, attention. Oh, oh, very Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo or, or Jonathan Creek, I was thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Did it. Jonathan Creek murder his friend? <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Did Scooby-Doo yeah. murder his Scooby friend? Scooby-Doo <laughs> murder Jonathan Creek. Oh. Everybody knows that. Yeah. <laughs> and and Scrappy-Doo helped him get away with it. Really? Yeah, that's why everyone hates Scrappy-Doo. Yeah. But Scrappy-Doo's immortal if he doesn't die. I just checked that fact, by the way. Yeah. I was wrong. What is it? Oh, you really... What? what lobsters do die? It's a common <laughs> myth. That lobsters are immortal? Yeah. It's not that common. <laughs> Most people think about it. I'd started typing our lobsters and it came up immortal. On, <laughs> immortal, on Google, on brackets, yeah. no. <laughs> it's not true. So we've had this whole sidebar about <laughs> lobsters for no reason. Immortality. Right, let's return yeah. to Busby's stoop death chair. Yes, so what, we've got a chimney sweep, we've got uh, a road sleeper. Yeah, we've got the friend who could have just used it as an excuse. Yeah. So we don't know if there's a lot of, you know, psychological kind of fear that was going on or whether Mm. something supernatural was really happening, but the death chair curse legend grew. Mm. Mm. So drinkers would challenge people, each other, in the pub to sit in the chair and it's said that many of them befell a terrible fate. Yikes. It ramped up again, the legends, uh, during the Second World War. Mm. There was a number of RAF crews who would challenge each other to sit in the chair. Anyone that did seemed to die within a few missions and never came back. People in the RAF died <laughs> yeah. in the war. Yeah, I, I, know, I knew you were going to no, go there. The co- I'm guessing there was a correlation between With the chairs. The people who... Si- yeah, exactly, yes. exactly. Now, hearing of the curse in 1967 and the RAF connection, mm. uh, a pair of pilots decided to test the legend of the chair themselves. Mm. And on the way home from the pub, their car collided with a tree and they were both killed. Oh, no. It seems though the chair could result in death, Mm. the owners and the landlords of the pub, well, they kind of saw the commercial potential. Yeah. And the pub was really... Not everyone sits in the chair, because then you're kind of wiping out your customer base. You are, you are. I did have this vision of, do you go in there and someone says, you can't sit in there, Mm. it's cursed by death. Mm. And then, what about sitting there? I was like, you can't sit there either. It's bloody uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> that's Martin's. <laughs> that's my, that's, that's He's my. just gone to the Yeah, loo. just gone to the loo. He'll be yes. back. You've got some peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> now, the pub was, re- to cash in on all this, the pub was renamed Bu- Busby's Stoop Inn. Mm-hmm. And they made the chair, obviously, the centrepiece right. of the pub. So lots of people came. However, one landlord, after I think it was after the incident with the RAF pilots, he decided that uh, caution was needed. So he removed the chair from the bar and stored it in the basement so no one else could be affected by the curse. Right. Nice man, I think, yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah. Things were quiet for a few years, uh, but the antiques chair's killing spree wasn't over. Oh, no. One day a builder was working in the basement, unaware of the legend... He decided to have some lunch, sat in the chair, 
after lunch while working on the roof, he fell off to his death. They really should have said something. They should. Others in case... I know what they could have done. Popped a little post-it on it. Busby's chair, do not yeah. sit. This, you'll die. Yeah. If you yeah. sit in You there. think there would have to be some warning. Other people who came across the chair in the basement also had a similar fate. Mm. This is a sad one. A cleaner who did was aware of the curse, mm. slipped while she was in the basement and fell into the chair. Oh, no. That doesn't count as sitting. No. She did die of a fatal aneurysm. Ooh. <sighs> yeah. A delivery driver, after lugging some heavy boxes down to the basement, uh, unwittingly sat in the chair to get his breath back. Mm. He, uh, hours after leaving the pub, he was involved in a fatal crash. They should have put the chair upside down. Mm. Yeah. Taken the seat off. Well, I think this is where the the museum comes in, where it is now. They've put it on the wall. Uh. It's like up high on the wall, so nobody can see it now. Mm. So in 1978, the landlord of the pub decided he no longer wanted the the antique chair in his pub. Um, And uh, he donated it to the Thirsk Museum in Yorkshire. Right. Uh, where it hangs on the wall, as I said, so no one can sit in it again. And since acquiring the chair, the museum has received offers to sell it. One from an American antique and uh, paranormal enthusiast who wanted to purchase it for a reported $1 million. But they didn't sell it. And to be honest... Hello. Hello. Hello, how's it going? Hello, good, thank you. We've just been upstairs. (laughs) It's almost like a uh, we, uh, we I mean, Trudy's just gone off to uh, sit in another room uh, with the guys, and but she said about a kind of trickster spirit and a, a weird kind of feeling that happened. I must admit, when I first came up here, when we were setting up, I did have a kind of... The, the feeling that Trudy described, I had something similar. And how have you, you been doing? Yeah, fine, and I, w- I wasn't going to say it because I'm very, very aware that we're not the sort of... We're not a ghost hunting show and yeah. we're certainly not a ghost hunting YouTube channel. And um, I just say what I see in here. And I have been, as we've been talking, I've had like tingles down my back and it, like this, my leg, my the right hand side of my leg is quite cold. In fact, it's cold to touch, which is strange seeing as it is... Mm incredibly hot in here. Yeah, it's really hot in this room. And I have felt like something over here. I've been using... I keep turning my little um, 
K2 meter on, but there's so much electricity in this room, it doesn't really mean anything, I don't think, mm. um, even though it is going off. But I think that is the computers and the lights and everything. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Like, I can, I can really feel it now. That is quite weird. I can really feel it now. But I don't... Like, the brain does remarkable things. And yeah. so I'm not going to... <laughs> Mine doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing... I'm not a vet fielding. This isn't, this isn't me pretending that there's a ghost going on. I think I'd, if I was going to put money on what it is, it's because of the environment that we're in, knowing that it is haunted. And I've seen a real-life dead head downstairs. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing... You don't need to call the police. It's very ancient. Yeah. But... Um, I think that's probably what it is, and my imagination was just going wild. But it is weird that um, my pocket here is actually cold, and, and uh, you you can't feel this, but just carrying the stuff up here, I've been sweating like a horse. It's so hot in here. Mm. Like, on the way down, the car said it was 24 degrees. It is way more than that in here. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you're, you're looking pretty chilled, James. Anything goes I'm here? all right. Yeah, you're all right. I always think that... Especially when we had that heat wave, it would be useful to have some haunted items because <laughs> yeah. they tend to yeah. have a cold spot. It's almost like them. cheap air conditioning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or you, you just got to put up with a monk screaming at 3 a.m. Yeah. Get a Dibbit box. Yeah. And um, yeah, just open it and embrace the cool air. Yeah. Yeah. Get a Spanish chest. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we return to Busby? Yes. So, I mean, yeah, in summary, we've had, we've had multiple deaths, haven't we? Yeah. I think the saddest deaths are the ones that took place in the basement. Because mm. you think it's nice and safe. But in 1978, the landlord decided enough was enough. He wanted that chair out of his pub. Get out of my pub, he said. Um, so he donated it to the Thirst Museum in Yorkshire, where it hangs on the wall so no one can actually sit in it anymore. Um. Now, since acquiring the chair, the museum received offers to buy it from various people, antique collectors. There was one American uh, antique collector who was a kind of obsessed with paranormal and haunted items who apparently offered him $1 million to buy the chair, which I guess was probably, if you know, only worth 100 quid, depending if it was machine-turned or, mm. or not. Very um, lazy murderer. Although I must say, I've seen photos mm. of the Thirst Museum, which is a lovely little museum, but you know, it's not like the Getty Museum. If somebody came over and said, I'll give you a million for that chair, I think if I was a museum, I might have just sold it. Well, the thing to do would have been to sell it and then make a replica because I don't think it would cause a downturn in footfall. Well, the other mm. well, the other reason that I was slightly dubious about the one million price tag. Mm. Is uh, one of the creators, curators of the museum, Cooper Harding, was openly sceptical about mm. the chair's powers. He gave an interview to the Northern Echo in 2014 where he said, No doubt there was a particular chair in the pub and the locals dared visitors to sit in it, and it's a story that everybody wants to tell. It's a great example of a folktale that people add to. I'm not superstitious, but I wouldn't sit in the chair because if I did and was knocked down by a car, everyone would say it was down to the chair. So we show it that so so bear with me on this. You've got like you've got this chair. He doesn't think it's haunted. There's some doubt 
of mm. when it was made, whether it was made later than Busby's execution or not. He's the curator. He's like, yeah, no, I'm not so sure, but I wouldn't sit in it. And somebody comes along and says, I'll buy that off you for $1 million and you're a kind of small museum in Yorkshire. Yeah. I think you'd sell it, wouldn't you? Yeah. You would, wouldn't you? I think you should have, Yeah, frankly. I think you would, and you would make a replica. It reminded me of, you know, in 1968 when um, an American bought London Bridge. Oh, yeah, that's And right. took it to Arizona, and we just built another London Bridge. I mean, just, it's, it's, the, it's roughly the wasn't same. Wasn't the story he thought he was buying Tower Bridge and he bought London Bridge, or is that like your lobster story? It's like my lobster story. <laughs> okay. I, I'm just checking my facts there before I mention that. So me thinking, no, he didn't think he was buying Tower Bridge. Right. Tower yeah. Bridge is immortal. <laughs> Tower Bridge is immortal, that's yeah. right. And it's t- delicious with butter. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is my favourite haunted antique story. That is a good haunted that is a good one and just uh, let me just get a stoop is a stoop a small bar stool is that what that is well no because when you look at the chair Mm. it's like i've got a picture of it here hold on there is i mean that's 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 a that's a regular chair that's a regular chair oh chair it's a stoop part of the inn is it like the snug i thought it was part of the yeah, I thought a stoop is part of it. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Isn't it a stoop? That's the bit on the front of a building, isn't it? Oh, so you know where people sit, sit on the stoop? They're sitting oh, on the chairs. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So what, you'd sit outside? So maybe stoop means a thing that you chair, a, a thing that oh, you I sit see. on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I think, I think what's interesting about it, well, we, did, um, uh, we did a uh, podcast where we talked about fake... Well, we were assuming they're fake, kind of Annabelle-style haunted dolls that you can buy uh, off eBay. Mm-hmm. People say, I've got this haunted doll, and then, you know, it's like a couple of hundred dollars. Um, and we were going to buy one just to kind of live with it and yeah. kind of try it out. Because we knew it was kind of, you know, it's a rip-off, and there's all these kind of careful language to kind of get out if you, get out of it if you do find out it's all a big tale. But we ended up going, actually, I wouldn't... I have that in my house, even though I know. Well, we both ran it past our partners partners, and despite mine uh, avowing a distinct lack of belief in ghosts, she was not having any of it. And and I'm with her, I I wasn't. So I'm not sure I would, even though there is a lot of doubt, I'm not sure I would sit in Busby's stoop chair. No, no. Why tempt fate? Yeah. Also, if you did sit in it and then you did die through just accident that's what everyone's going to talk about at your funeral yeah and that's my special day right i don't want to pull in focus yeah 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 it's not going to be a ch- we're not playing musical chairs yeah do you reckon if that happened you know at the church service when you stand to do the hymn and he mm. goes you could all sit down now people would be like no i'm all, I'm all right yeah 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 <laughs> i'm not gonna just not, in case not a busby's funeral no way no Cool. Well, I was wondering, um, um, Trudy came in halfway through there and mm. she, she was being followed around. Do you think we should go follow her around? Yeah, see you a bit. Well, so when you came up, we just did a piece to camera about like um, how we're all feeling. And no one's feeling anything apart from, it's quite weird, like down this side of my leg, it was really cold. And that just sounds like such a... Thing that somebody on Most Haunted would say, but it genuinely was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I could feel like tingle up my back, but. What stairs were you walking up, though? 
No, this is while I was just sitting. Just oh, sitting okay. in that room. Mm, okay. mm. And so Peter was telling his story and I just felt like this tingling. And then, because I've got a wallet in this pocket, my, my trousers don't touch my leg and my thigh there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought, my leg feels cold. And then I did that and like my trousers were actually cold. Wait, is it was your trousers were saying... It's your round, Ben. <laughs> Get your hand in your pocket. But it was like so hot. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm so hot. I'm, still, like, yeah, yeah. I'm, still, I'm sweating in there. And it just yeah. felt I could really feel the temperature. Yeah. But of course, because we got all the lights and everything, it's turned turn that off, on, and it just starts going nuts. But that's because yeah, yeah. yeah, of everything yeah, that's in got there. All of the... Yeah. No, but. That, that room downstairs more so. They're just getting curious now. It's like that bit in Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah. You need. He slimed me. What we should have said is we should have been like, play the trumpet. Play the trumpet. Yeah. You know? I think if I start hearing trumpeting noises, I might be a little bit concerned. I honestly so. think they haven't got the, the strength or the, the strength know-how how to... <laughs> Spend the night in my house, you'll hear trumpeting noises. Mm. <laughs> um, trumpeting. Oh, trumpeting. trumpeting. Oh. What was that? Footprints. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, now is not the time. <laughs> Everyone's going to be freaking out downstairs going, oh my god. Are you off to get new pants? (laughs) (laughs) So, Ben, we've had... We've had ghosts in Cornwall. We've had Busby's death chair. Trudy's got all kinds of stuff going on can you take us to another level well we were talking about ancient and historical artifacts that are haunted yeah and the closest we did was james dean's car which has got that very strange story in it and um i'm not sure you know we could never discover whether that was on this one which um i've decided to pick on the uh, the indies version of this from last year um, a scared homeowner trying to give away a cursed fridge that is haunted by their stepmother. <laughs> so these adverts went up all over London. It got covered in the, na- in the uh, international press, but I should say, uh, not just the local press. And it says, my stepmother had a heart attack on our kitchen floor in the middle of an electrical storm and her soul was transferred into the computer unit of our smart fridge. She's been subtly undermining me ever since, commenting on how many processed cheese slices I've eaten or whether I've put properly back a lid on a thing. Excuse the, uh, that spelling is correct, by the way. (laughs) Whilst my wife finds comfort in her mother still being around, I've decided, I've started to feel it completely unreasonable that she's decided to linger in our fridge, judging me on my culinary decisions. Uh, Hold on. Is it stepmother or mother-in-law? It is stepmother. So it's his um, stepmother and it's his wife's mother. Right, right. Right. So, so it's both, isn't it? I it's think... mother-in-law and it's stepmother. I don't know. It, it, you're right. It is slightly ambiguous and weirdly yeah. written, isn't it? Yeah. Either way, it's chilling. Mm. <laughs> nice. Well, Very nice. And, and the picture of the fridge, it's one of those big fancy fellas. The big stainless steel, double doors, um, like makes ice cubes and talks to oh, you. Oh, I love those. Yeah, but it sounds like it judges you. Yeah, but only, I guess his point is, because it's the ghost of the stepmother 
stroke stepmother-in-law. How did it get in there? Um, she died of a heart attack on the kitchen floor in the middle of an electrical storm. By the fridge. By the fridge. Right. Taylor's oldest time. God, they are smart. <laughs> <those> <laughs> time. Now, I thought that this would... You know there's like that um, Sir Michael guy who puts up these weird posters in London? And oh, yeah. I thought it was one of those, but I haven't been able to find out whether this is... I mean... It's been picked up, though, by the press. It's right? been picked up, and you would think that it was like a stand-up comics way of yeah, getting yeah. in there, but I haven't been able to find any evidence of who did it. I think it probably obviously is a joke, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> obviously. How much is it? It's free. Oh. It was free. Yes. That's not bad. And there's content items. That's the thing. Free to collect a cursed fridge. I, I, I want to know how the exorcism works. Is it the power of Smeg commands <laughs> you? <laughs> well, you just have That's to... That's not holy water. Um, <laughs> you have to fill it with very disagreeable food. Yeah. And the holy water would freeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Can you get a holy ice cube? <laughs> that sounds very Monty Python. Mm. The holy ice cube of... Glenn Fiddick or something. Mm. Yeah. You could do them in um, kind of cross shape, couldn't you? You know those shapes. Yeah, like a, like a like a. Yeah, why haven't they? Oh. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Crucifixes. Got some merch coming in in the made out of frozen holy water. Yeah. Have it the church. Yeah. yeah. But I th- I thought that was quite weird that it's like a modern thing because we don't think of modern things really being cursed. Mm. Not not in that way. Not technology. In such a way, people have claimed their computers have been um, filled with a spirit. We spoke about that. Before. Yeah, people have claimed but a lot of things about their computers getting filled up. They with do. Stuff. But what we do have, what we've replaced um, sort of curses with, is uh, I guess superstitions and weird superstitions. Yeah. And I got obsessed with this next one. Do you remember when you first started smoking? Usually, it usually happens when you first start smoking. You take one cigarette out and turn it upside down. Oh, and yeah, put I've it seen back people in the do that. Yeah, packet. Yeah. yeah, the lucky sig. The yeah. lucky sig. And that apparently comes from the Second World War because if you get to smoke that last one, then you've sort of outlived your average time in the trenches. That's the. Is one pack of cigs? Well, that was kind of that Wowzers. was the thing. Yeah, wow. yeah, that probably makes sense. But I, I now this next one. Have, did you ever hear the thing about white lighters being unlucky? No. no. And the curse of the white lighters. So I did, and when I was at school, you never bought a white lighter, and you never used a white lighter. Uh oh. And I found this really interesting, dated from. Uh, yeah, just last year, October last year, um, an investigation into the bizarre myth of why we fear white lighters. And there's this, like, as it says, the uh, the author says, there's this notion that white lighters are supremely unlucky and it's a superstition that has managed to thrive amongst smokers of all kinds. Even today, it is not uncommon to encounter smokers who not only won't purchase white lighters, but won't use them to light things, even if they belong to somebody else. Now, I'm f- I'm familiar with that, because I have done that. Right. Some people don't even like being in the same room as when one is being used. Yeesh. I know. But how did all this start? So, the most common story behind this myth is actually tied up with another urban legend... Have we come across the 27 Club? Do you oh, know what that yeah. is? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea... Is that the place in Disneyland where you can drink? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so members are... So we've got, we've got Amy Whitehouse, Kurt Cobain, 
Jim Morrison, Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, so basically all died at the age of 27. That's right. And a number of superstitions revolve around the 27 Club, one of which being that all of of those musicians, as well as being a later addition to the club, Kurt Cobain had a white lighter on him when he died. And the fact that the, 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 the legend then goes on to say, so did all the other people. They didn't. Right. So um, I looked it up on... I think it was probably the heroin and the guns had more to do with it than the lighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Snopes published a brilliant article on this because it turns out that disposable lighters largely didn't exist at the time of Hendrix, Joplin and Morrison's deaths. Whilst they weren't unheard of, the lighter legend is most associated with the white Bic lighter, which wasn't released until 1973. Mm. so it isn't really it couldn't have derived from the 27 club another more banal origin of the myth goes back to the early days of Bic lighters and they only came in two colours white and black and that the white versions were more clearly uh, were, were the white versions more clearly showed evidence of illicit use. So when marijuana smokers would use white lighters to pack down their bowls, the lighter would get stained with the ash and the resin, and the cops would then use that to bust right, them. So you're more likely to get busted if you're using a white lighter. That's right, mm. and thus the white lighters became bad luck. Now the problem with that theory is that big lighters. Uh, have come in more than two colours, even in their early days. Even a yellow version, which closely resembled the colours of the uh, company's logo, uh, as seen, uh, you know, when you know when you 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 you, you got that little uh, logo of it being lit. Yeah, that yellow one. That was one of the first colours to be put out. So there was no such thing as just the black or white lighter. Right. So um, that, those ones you buy when you went on this French school trip with cannabis leaves on, they'd be a dead giveaway, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, so when you start really analysing this, it becomes, um, and the reason I wanted to talk about it, is it becomes a, a symptom of modern folklore. So this idea that the white lighter is unlucky is a perfect illustration of how folklore um, moves through a population. Somebody at some point decided that that was going to be the case for a silly a, a reason of some sort. Right. And then everybody else picked up on it, but they didn't know why. And then they started associating not necessarily a curse, but an unlucky with it. And then because this I, um, smoking is such a ritualised behaviour... There's a, a psychologist here who says because of this um, ritualised behaviour, it's very easy to add into the human consciousness another element to it. So you kind of go, well, I must turn the cigarette upside down, I mustn't use a white lighter, and I always have a cigarette and my coffee at 8.05 in the morning. And all of that comes together. And it's a brilliant illustration of how the human brain works. So things that be- are seem to be cursed and unlucky... Sometimes they're self-fulfilling prophecies because you just believe them. And so where there is a, a, an element of um, a, a ritualised or uh, regular behaviour around it, it becomes much easier to remember and then it becomes a real thing. So it made me... The reason I got onto this, because I knew you were going to talk about the, the seat in the pub, well, he always sat down in the seat in the pub 
And so it's very easy to say, oh, well, that thing is cursed because you always sit down on uh, a seat in the pub and you sit and you drink and it's cursed. I'm not saying that that is, you know, that explains the whole thing, but I, I like that psychological idea that you can make something cursed and not even know why it's cursed or who did it or what will happen to you. It, uh, it's reminded of similar psychology, isn't it? So we were talking about somebody offering like a million dollars for the chair, which mm. is probably worth a hundred dollars, but somehow the kind of legend around it, you know, adds a six figure sum to it. You know, I mean, I was looking at some of the catalog of the antiques that they've sold here. I can't remember what it was. I think it was a watch that Winston Churchill had, and you kind of because someone's owned it, <laughs> yeah. it's suddenly its value goes up in price, and it's kind of like it's still the same object. But so you are giving it some kind of power, whether it's a curse or just a normal antique in that mm. sense. Are you? Yeah. Well, there's another. So the the psychologist who's talking about the lighters, he goes on to say, um, uh, and I think this is probably more US focused, but um, white panel vans without commercial markings on people tend to make grim jokes about serial killers right. around them. And he said that there's this um, idea, He's in his words, he says, it's a reminder that the ordinary, the innocuous, and the unremarkable can be conduits of vectors of harm. So a white van, a white lighter, right. uh, a chest covered in disembodied heads, <laughs> a stoop from a man who was hung. Every you know, these are all just everyday yeah, 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 objects. Yeah. But I like that psychology of a thing that is so normal, can we just need it to have, you know, a dark humour or something associated with it because that's what makes us human. And in evolutionary terms, it actually serves a good purpose because if one person sees their uncle eaten by a crocodile at a particular part in a river you start saying well we mustn't you know that part of the river is unlucky and the story of the crocodile is lost but the idea that you mustn't go to that part of the river right. carries through the population and saves somebody else from being eaten by a crocodile. So that's sort of how it works in human psychology. Are you saying we're going to have a spate of, of cursed fridges? I thought you were going to say we, we can have a spate of crocodile eating. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... Or both. <laughs> mm. uh, well, the, you, there have been sightings of crocodiles, haven't there? There's the Thames crocodile. Is there? there yes, but no one... Oh, so, there's the one in Bristol as well. There is one in Bristol. So I think they're sort of... I think the Bristol one is more recent. There was some... After you remember the whale that was a real whale that yes. came up the Thames? After that, somebody said they'd seen a crocodile and everyone went... Pfft. There's no crocodiles in there, obviously. Mm. Then the, the the Bristol one, I think there was the equivalent of people was going out with pitchforks to go and find the thing. Yeah, yeah. And and that again, people that will now kind of like this conversation. They go, was was it real? Maybe I shouldn't walk into the river in mm. in Bristol because there's a crocodile in there. It's the same kind of thing. So I wonder how many of the objects around here because some of them look very spooky yeah, really. mm. and you just you know you just associate in your mind you just we've seen all the fi the, the films and everything and you just go well obviously there's going to be a ghost in there and then some of them just look spooky you and i we just we'll, we'll get a picture of it and um either put it in the show notes or in the film there's the most remarkable santa claus like 
I don't even know how to describe it. It's a like sculpture. Two foot long, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, your, you know, like your, your sort of, your, your shepherdess, um, your, your, yeah, your China shepherdess, mm. a nicky nacky new. Yeah. It's that, but it's two foot long, Santa on his sleigh, three reindeers, four reindeers? Four reindeer, I think. Real leather. <laughs> There's um, a story there. Stuff. How much was it? £1,599. Down from 3000 so you're basically making money. Wow, okay. And and Santa's spooky enough anyway. Mm. And an anagram of Satan. He is, he is. Yeah. But when I looked at that, I was like, I wouldn't want to take that home in the back of my car late at night because he's going to come alive and it's going to be the Krampus. You, w- you wouldn't take him home in your white van, would you? <laughs> no, <laughs> with a white lighter. Yeah. So I just think... Like, as we look around and sort of take in all of these weird and wonderful things... Yeah. Let's just remember that some of that is probably... Some of the fear and the trepidation is probably down to our very peculiar monkey brains. Yeah. And some of it is because Satan really does hide in whatever that weird thing in the next room is with the stitched-on face. Satan or Santa? Uh, Well... Either. Okay. Either. He knows if you're sleeping. He knows if you've been bad or good. <laughs> yeah, so be good for, for goodness, goodness sake. sake. <laughs> That's quite creepy, isn't it, when yeah. you say it like that? Yes. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of things are if you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, talking of kind of normal objects that kind of take on a paranormal edge, or for whatever reason... I'm wondering if this might be a good spot to get Trudy in and tell us about her haunted wardrobe that she bought from this place. With her man in it. Yeah, with a man in it. Should we do that? Okay. Cool. So we're joined by Trudy, who some of you may have heard on our podcast before when we spent the night in the Cross Keys pub, the haunted pub. We had various things going on, beer mats falling off the floor and all kinds of stuff happening. Falling off the wall. Falling off the wall, I should say, yeah. And it was your pub that we started recording this podcast in before we got locked down, before we knew what COVID was. Yep. And it was a conversation with you that kind of led to us ending up here because you bought something from this antique centre and you got more than you bargained for, right? I did. I uh, came here for a little look around and found a lovely cabinet... Um, I went away, thought about it. I thought, if I'm meant to have it, I'll get it at some point. I went again two days later and it was still there. And this cabinet, beautiful looking elephants all over it, silver. Uh, I thought it'd be ideal to put my uh, Josh sticks and my right. tarot cards and all my, you know, stuff like that like in it. It with the elephants. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. So I uh, took it home. And it was great. It's fantastic. And then as I was meditating where the cabinet is, there's something... I felt something come out of the cabinet. Like, mm. I, I, there was a noise, and it just startled me, and I shot up. And then it was like, I looked around, and I just thought, oh, that's strange, that came from the cabinet. An, and, actual, and then, an actual noise, a not, noise, not one that you a noise. just felt. Yeah, a it, real was, noise. it was like so. That's my book. So it was like it was like that. Right. But at the time, I had, there was nothing in the cabinet. I'd only got it home, and it had only been like two days, so I hadn't filled the cabinet up yet. 
And I, in my head, I just thought, oh, that came from the cabinet. Just left it at that. Then the next day when I was meditating again, I literally felt a... I knew there was something with the cabinet. I felt a presence of a male. And, uh, and that's when I contacted the antique centre and uh, I said, oh, I need to... Uh, I've actually been told, but from this mail, I've been told to contact you. I didn't, I didn't know these people when I contacted you. I said, can we have a meeting? I said, I don't know what it's about. And, they've kept a foot, and they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll meet you. Because at this end, at the antique centre, Tom was told to just go meet me and just meet up as well. So both of us had to meet. So they, he came to my place at the pub. And we met there and I did say to him, I said, I don't know why I'm here. I said, but I've brought something back with me with, in the cabinet. Right. And then I'd asked him, I said, was it a male who owned the cabinet? And he, and he said, yes. Um, and I said, and, and then just conversations from there went. But I did since then, I have cleared the cabinet, sent the, uh, you know, the, the presence back to where it was, which is here in the building. So oh, it's come yeah. back oh, here. And what did you need the meeting for? What was the reason? I don't know. So, uh, to be honest, maybe it was all about this. It was all about connecting like this. Because, That's interesting. Yeah. Sounds almost fate. Yes, it was. So, it turns out that Tom is very uh, open to all of this type of work. And, um, but yeah. I'm loving that service. You buy something, you get something with it, you, they then come round to have a meeting. I know. Yeah, they didn't even say on the receipt you were going to get a And guess what? He didn't even massage my feet or anything. So, you know, could have given me a little massage of the feet. <laughs> so what's interesting, I think, is because we rarely... I mean, we have spoken about haunted objects and we, we've done it uh, just more so today for obvious reasons. And we were just explaining that this place, you know, some of the energies come from the building, some of them come from the things within them. Where... You know, is this more common than we know? Like, because I know that there are people who um, can like pick up a wristwatch and talk about the owner of that wristwatch and previous owners, but that seems like it's residual energy. It's like it tells a story about who owned it. But what you were talking about there, it feels like it the 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 energy was it wasn't replaying or anything. It, it was a consciousness that was there with it. Yeah, it, it, an attachment. It was it was like an attachment to the. Uh to the cabinet, to, to, you know, to what I brought home. Um, I, can't, I can't explain that. I don't, no. I don't know where to go with that, but... But it, it's gone now, and it... It's, it's gone, it's not in... Yeah, it's not, it's not in my house. I've sent it, I cleared it, sent it. Presumably come back here, but I did also um, send healing and sort of light and possibly passed over but i could have a smooch around and see if there's yeah, anything maybe we can because i haven't yeah i haven't even looked for him here brilliant Just, okay well maybe yeah. we'll uh we'll let you get off and do that and yeah we'll, we'll come and see if you've got it thank you very much perfect yeah. thanks for telling us that Trudy. thank, thank you. you cheers <laughs> so truly did go off in search of the spirit that came with her cabinet she tried a number of rooms in this clip you'll hear her and nicola in one of the rooms uh, and you'll hear her partner shouting out from the room that they just left. He'd had a strange incident with a wardrobe door opening. Mm. 
that's that room. I've never got anything from these, so. Yeah. Did anyone open the wardrobe door down here? No, why? Because it wasn't that early one, was that? Not that I'm aware of. Early on we were That wasn't here. open, we didn't notice that. Wasn't that where the mirrored one was? Yes. No, the mirrored one, no, the mirrored was on the top okay. floor, where the, where the rock and horse oh, is. Okay, yeah, that, that, we didn't notice that, no, we didn't notice that was open. I don't know, now I'm just walking in the side. We would have noticed it was open. Should we close it? Yeah, we'll close it, yeah. No, it doesn't even want to close, yeah. I didn't think it was open when I came in here. We'd have noticed, wouldn't we? Yeah, and it won't close Gravity. Interesting listening to Trudy. So I like that idea that this whole thing was her getting that piece mm. of um, antique and the presence that was with it, whatever it was, was kind of all part of us just being here tonight. It's quite interesting. Mm. I I still... Where my head struggles with this is an intelligence being attached to an object. I can I can almost understand the essence of somebody, particularly if somebody cares for it. There's, I was reading a very interesting piece about, um, and I know, bear with me, like okay. cars, people who love their cars. They last longer because there's, there's, a, there's an essence and the sort of, the essence of the car understands that it's appreciated mm. and takes on a bit of the owner. Now that all sounds woo and weird and I get it, but I, it sort of makes sense. I've got objects that I really love and I could imagine in a different way that somebody could say, oh, well, I can understand this person really loved that object and I can tell something about them. But an actual consciousness attaching to something, I find that weird. Why would you pass over and then decide to inhabit a cabinet? A cabinet? Yeah. I mean, and I know that sounds almost laughable and I don't mean to sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. talk down to anyone's beliefs there, but it's a weird thing, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I don't know, would you... I wonder what the experience is for that entity. Like, are you in a drawer? Are you just near it? Or are you, you know, is your consciousness, is it ongoing? Is it linear? Or do you sort of yes. pop in and out? Does time exist for mm. you? I mean, it sort of makes me... When we were, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about um, DMT experiences and yeah. specifically the entities. But um, people who take salvia, I was reading some of those stories and people, there was one notable one where, you know, they, you, the, the salvia experience only lasts seconds, really, in, in the human experience. But this person spent 12 years as a bedspread. <laughs> I know and they saw the seasons come and go they described oh bad God. winters and summers they described being hung out on the washing line to dry that and they must have been a lovely time that being hung out on the washing line no, that's going to be your highlight right they felt yeah. the frustration of being this object which was sometimes put in the airing cupboard for weeks on wow. end they lived their experience in their mind for 12 years as a bedspread and I just wonder whether, like, because we were talking about whether these DMT entities are real, 
perhaps these things do have a consciousness and perhaps it's a the, you know there's a melding of consciousness i wonder whether that is a thing although i struggle to see how a man melds a consciousness with a wardrobe again i it's none of it makes any real sense yeah well i don't know it's funny we we've, we've we've been here all night it's now towards the end of the night i there's there's been moments where i've kind of had felt a weird energy and I don't know if that's just the vibe of the place and the creaky floorboards and the numerous rooms with weird stuff in them that we're going in and out but um it's certainly been an experience being Mm. here what an amazing place Mm. and we'd really like to thank them the swan at Tetsworth for kind of letting us be here all night they've been so good to us even though they won't come up the the stairs yeah Yeah, before you go I suppose how are they going to kick us out yeah um, I don't know if you found it, but there's a there's a a library room upstairs Ooh, with nice. old books, and um, I did think the lawmen you could replenish some of your library. There might be stocks. some there. There might be some horror ones. Well, if you do ever get a chance to visit this place, yeah, it's well worth it. And we'd really like to thank everyone for letting us be here. Uh, thank Trudy, Nicola, and Tim for doing all their ghost hunting, and our wonderful crew here who've yeah, been filming. Yeah, thanks, us. guys. Thanks very much. Um, we'll see you next time on the Quantum Mechanics. Take care. Take care. And thank the cabinet man and for bringing us all together. Definitely. the quantum mechanic. Yeah.